peaceful, kind, neighborly. That's just who we are. We know you love Saga, and we want to make sure it stays that way. Sign up to join Saga's first ever global task force for peace. Join the Lawman Academy in its first year, because this planet is worth it. There are news reports tickering about on every screen in town about a heinous break-in at Seta Unmentioned's main corporation building. It is being portrayed as a robbery attempt, an attempt by a rival company to get sensitive research and development information uh, in an effort to compete with Seta Unmentioned, and that is just not going to stand. As a matter of fact, the authorities are searching that company's offices right now, and I'm sure that they'll find something. It seems like this is an open and shut case as far as the news reports are saying. You spent the night in the hide-and-seek lounge. Uh, you were taken well care of, provided food and shelter for the evening. And the next day, more or less, especially in town, things are relatively normal. There is an air about things that is unsettling, amplified by the fact that construction has begun on the very first plate. It is a towering structure overhead, uh, not too far from where you are, actually just sort of at the border of where the big city becomes taller and, and brighter. There is a massive electronic, uh, crane-like thing that is holding out this big, massive sheet metal. There's also some magic being used to hold it up while the construction takes place. And it's a concertable effort to start building this thing. Uh, but construction's moving fairly quickly with the very first one. It's a dream come true. I've, I've spent the night at Hide and Seek Lounge and almost live here. Almost. It's almost like living here. And so I think one of the first things is going up to like the main lodge area and having just a nice breakfast. Um, if Calico uh, comes by, I'd, I'd like to stop Calico um, for a quick conversation as I'm having my meal. Uh, Miss, Miss Calico, hello. Um, can, can, if I can have a moment of your time. Oh, of course, Winston. A moment of my time? That's free for you. Everything is going swimmingly, and it's all thanks to you and your kindness and your hospitality. I just, I just wanted to extend my thank you um, and my gratitude. And, and if there's any way... Any, any way I can repay the favor, please, you just, you just let me know. I'm quite good at very many things and would like to offer my services to the Hide and Seek Lodge pro bono if, if you ever need it. You just need to ask. Well, I hate to say this, but there's a pretty good chance that we'll have to ask you. Is, there, is, is everything okay, Miss Calco? Well... 
it's just that with all this construction business and all the prices going up and you know all these businesses getting all these letters and it's just hard to well I really want to keep this place and I figure if we've got a fancy lawyer on our side then you know maybe we've got a better shot than most oh and uh, then of course I know all the ins and outs it's my job to understand their policies and their law there will be definitely something that we can use and again you have my services when that day comes well in that case then you have my basement whenever you need it I, I, hmm. I love this place and I just hope that comes through it sure does Winston it sure does she sets you up nice with a nice breakfast clean clothes uh in fact anyone of you who needs it uh can get your things washed and you know have as much time to get ready as you need sebastian bounce pretty early in 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 the morning or like is hasn't gone all the way back to the city but has stepped out of the lodge and is looking at the plate and like recording the plate being set and even though it's like it's so far away from them they can still see it it looks like they're filming the the sun but this plate like moves in front of it and casts a wide part of the park in a shadow. They've just spent their days getting different, almost you could call it B-roll footage of the park. And then picking up, uh, actually hasn't been interviewing people that much, but is is mainly recording the like, the reactions of people. I think since it's getting set up, there is a lot of people just staring at it staring at this huge installation. There's several different kinds of reactions you see. There are some people who are just impressed as they walk by. This is a feat of mechanical and magical construction. You see some people just sort of marvel at it and and watch the process take place. Um, after all, right now, there's just, like, one little spot of, of grass that's overcast. Um, overall, this is pretty interesting. But it's, it's more when you see the local shopkeeps and people who live nearby walking out and seeing the shadow as it sort of appears and the looming towering presence of the construction itself and there is a mixture of like a kind of fear of the unknown not sure what this means and confusion and maybe just sort of like a despair for some people like a well I guess this is this is the next thing. Mm. 
Apex is researching public records of the building's construction to essentially just try to map out a layout of where we need to go, um, how many staircases they are, what things are electrical versus manual, where the emergency exits are in case of a hypothetical fire. Uh, I, I am going to say... Uh, that you have a lot of input from Switch, who has been in some of the tighter areas of that building, literal vents and uh, and much smaller spaces, and can give you like some uh, alternative routes as well, and adds some bits and pieces to your map. I, I think because Grist also literally works at the building uh, and is custodial staff and would know about service entrances and exits and like all like the back rooms and storage areas too. Uh, I figure maybe there's like a moment where we see her like sort of like looking over your shoulder at maybe like a data pad and like her face is completely blank, but then she just sort of lifts a finger and says, there, it's not on the map, but there's a service tunnel right there. Sick. Uh, and she like nods and then lowers her arm. Uh, and I don't mind going next about what Gris is up to. Uh, I think there's kind of like a, a little bit of a montage as Gris is just sort of milling around like the, the mm -hmm. break areas at the base of the Seta Unmentioned building where all the workers go on their lunch break. Like they they step out onto like a balcony, take a smoke break, or they like go to this mm -hmm. like little like dumpling shop at like the, the corner of the street that's super cheap that like all the workers from like Seta Unmentioned go when they're on, they're, they're on their break or whatnot. And we sort of see her like, she's mingling around trying to talk to people whose shifts schedules she's familiar with um, and trying to connect convince them to like um you know just instead of patrolling just sort of stay at the end of the hallway for maybe like a couple of hours during this specific block right and she's tr not pulling rank but is trying to use whatever social currency she has as like one of the staff uh because i think she has a pretty reliable reputation and she's always usually very if, if kind of standoffish uh still very reliable uh, and is always the one to like pick up a shift if someone's sick or like step up and whatnot perfect there's several people that you recognize and you get a good rhythm for for how the shift change goes here. Uh, at one point, you do see Merrick uh, leaving the building, uh, sees your face. He looks similar to how he looked the other day, that kind of baggy-eyed, tired, slumped look. Sees you just tries to continue on yeah i'm also gonna hope that the um that apex's cocktail <laughs> helped with with uh this situation as well he is being you you just get the feeling that he's being very compliant right now gris is not much for subterfuge but she does sort of like look at him out of the side of their eye kind of awkwardly and do tr they try to affect a reassuring nod like you know if you keep your mouth shut we'll keep our mouths shut about you as well but i think it comes off as like like really intimidating, yeah. like a dead eye yeah, stare. It's not. It's, it's definitely like he's already in a, a, a kind of scared kind of place. So he just like recoils and continues walking, speed walking back to his apartment. When we all do eventually reconvene, Grist on her way back has like a big old, like a kind of like plastic soft satchel of stuff. There's like stuff that she's bringing back, uh, like, hawked over one shoulder, uh, and she's whistling a little bit of a tune as she's returning to the meeting place. So I think Nim 
woke up before everyone else. Um, and she decided to go to Comfort Cups. Um, they kind of have found comfort <laughs> in that place. Um, and so, in like, cups? In, <laughs> exactly. Um, and, uh, and so she just also wanted to like check on Kit to see how she was doing and kind of sit with her for as long as she could. Um, but I think in the midst of being there, um, if you kind of look at Nim from an outside perspective, her skin is starting to lose its color a little bit. The stars that were kind of like in her eyes because she has these galaxies in them are starting to dim and they're starting to look a little more black. The thing that was kind of happening in the beginning with the feathers kind of just trickling down from her wings, it's starting to happen more frequently. You're starting to see more spots in her wings. There's like a slight sheen of just sweat on her skin. She looks very sickly. But the way she's acting, you can kind of sense that there's a little bit of exhaustion because Nim is the kind of person to not really show emotion, but you can sort of hear the strain in her voice starting to, to make its way in. Nim at Comfort Cups. Jimmit is a lovely and loves taking care of people, but Kit is sort of the heart and soul that that built this place and and has this sort of like uh, just sort of warm parental in not a condescending way and just that like natural caregiver type of way and sees you showing these signs of what one who who doesn't know what you are would detect as you know illness like the you know something like a, you're coming down with what's going around and will come out to you with you know some very piping hot ramen and will take your temperature the motherly way by like kissing your forehead and is is Nim warm abnormally so yeah dear you're coming down with something so I'm going to insist you have all of the broth in this, at least, and... I'm okay, I, I promise. <clears throat> well, you might feel okay, but if you overexert yourself, I, I it might come back at you three or four times over. I don't want you to have to worry about it. <gasps> That's my job in this town, the real one. <sighs> okay. And um, she reaches up and just starts, like, slowly um, eating the broth um, as best as she can. Um, um, so. Drinking this broth in this moment, I would like to just say, like, even though eating is not like a sustaining thing that you necessarily feel you need there is like the feeling of like individual moments of comfort 
as this sparks like a familiarity in every single little voice that echoes throughout you. They all remember that kind of caregiver, that kind of love, that kind of warmth as the warmth of the broth goes down and inside you. And you feel that sort of echo throughout all of them. So she just closes her eyes and kind of takes that in for a second. Thank you, Kat. I appreciate it. No trouble. I assure you. (sighs) Okay. Many more to make. So I think Nim is probably not going to eat all of the broth, but probably like half of it um, before she kind of um, pushes herself up to stand. She probably knows that Grist is at the um, the building, so she's going to start making her way towards there. And as she's walking, they kind of keep their eyes on like one point in front of them, like when someone is like trying to focus and trying to not waver, seemingly, and also to keep a footing from not falling over. She's just gonna keep walking as determined as she can. I think I think at some point Winston would go find Sebastian while you're out there filmmaking and stuff. And for a bit, just kind of observe you working, hope, hoping that you don't see. And um, at some point when it looks like you are um, either wrapping up or moving on to the next point to uh, to 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 film another thing. Um, I walk up. You know, you look much more inspired than you did yesterday when we were filming. <laughs> well, I, know, I think I just I found something else to be inspired by. A new purpose. Yeah. Um. You know, I've before I was you know making something just so people can like see what their lives are like and other people can see Saga and now I feel like we are helping people find meaning the even the most mundane life that someone has here it's important and it, and it you know we're united by that I feel like I, 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 <laughs> we will be maybe it's kind of an idea I'm banning around thank you I'm like no <laughs> no need to thank me I just I was very desperate for this money I just needed a win. So I did just accept everything. And I ignored all the dreadful points. And if you weren't there, I would be making something that would have not a shred of me in it. 
can I tell you something? Mere hours before you and I first met, uh, I was trying to get, trying to see if anyone, if there was any little bit um, of, of chance that someone else would be assigned to be your legal guide. And I am so glad that I failed in trying to find a replacement. I am very glad you failed as well. What, whatever happens after tonight, I, I, I just want you to promise that you do not stop making... telling the story that you want to tell. Because this is just one story. I'm sure you have many more. You... Okay. I... We haven't known each other very long, and you've seen me be very, very excited about things, and you've also seen me f freak out and panic. Um, I'm not good at words. I like to film stuff and then take it and edit it. So, please, bear that in mind. I... Whatever we do end up doing, I need, I need your heart to stay the same. You don't know who I am at all. Look at this lodge. That is full of people that you've helped. You've helped me with things that I would never be able to understand, even though in your own words you didn't want to. You're very brave. Stood up to everyone. And it's supposed stood up, I mean, you took an elevator down, and I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, but I couldn't handle it. You are kind of what this film's about. Your individuality and your bravery and, and trust and truth, and you are community. Just remember, no matter what else you do with your life, these past few weeks, this thing that I put a lot of my heart and my soul into and I handed to you, you cared for and warmed it up and made sure other people didn't destroy it and then handed it back. Appreciate it. You're welcome. From the very bottom of my heart, you are welcome. Well, I haven't eaten. As... <laughs> Think Comfort Cups is still open if you want to? Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're, they're, they're probably just getting started on the on the lunch. I still have a blank credit chip, so it's on <laughs> me. You do. Speaking of that, about midway through the day, Winston and Sebastian, you both get a, a text from Merrick. Mm -hmm. It's a group text. It says, I'm off the project. Keep the credits. Make the movie. Nothing else. Text them back. Thank you. Would you like an interview? Question mark. And then after that, I heard it pays really well. He texts back, 
after a while, like you've gotten your food and probably halfway through eating it, and he'll say, can't meet at my old office. Where's my address? After dark, please. Double taps the message so there's a little heart comes up as a react. Nim. Uh, you'll see Gris sort of coming down the street, and she's got this, like, plastic bag of something. It, there's, it's hard to tell. It looks like maybe they're clothes, sort of, like, uh, slung over a shoulder. And she sees you. Nim, there you are. I was just on my way back to the group. Her eyes are still fixated on the point that she's been looking at. She and she she's saying something under her breath, but you can't really understand what it is. I'm almost there. Nim. And hey, hey, Nim. Her eyes just slowly. Oh, hi, Chris. Hey, kid, you don't look so good. I'm okay. You no, you look worse than you did yesterday. What's what's going on? Is it is it is it a cold? Can you even get cold? I don't think so. You're molting. What? What is that? Your your feathers are. You've got patches. But don't worry about me. Don't. Uh, where is everyone meeting? I think we're meeting back at the lodge, unless. Well, they got me to join, what is known as a, a group text. So unless someone, groups the text, uh, I, that's last I know. I don't know what that is. Yeah, but. me neither. I have no idea. But, Nim, you can't just say I, I shouldn't worry about you. Look at you. This is the worst I, I've seen you ever. Not really. It's, I'm sure it'll pass. I'll be fine. Grist moves forward and touches your forehead with the flat of her palm, kind of like how Kit had. You're, you're burning. Oh, it's warm. What do you mean? Bree, I I want you to tell me, like, because you know how much you, Nim and Gris know each other. Like, are you actually trying to hide something? Or are you being honest when you are saying that, like, it's going to be fine? I think both. Um, because it is going to be okay. But at the same time, <laughs> there's clearly something that they're definitely hiding from you um and kind of like you said uh it's never really happened before with nim trying to put on a front to seem like you know everything's okay are you in danger no are you in pain no Okay. Well, then tell me when you're ready, all right? I I don't like I don't like not knowing what's going on with you, Nim. You're the most important thing in my life. You're all you're all I have left. And you're all that I have, but it'll be okay. If you say so. You and all of you, you know? Because it's not just you, right? I mean, it is you, and that's important, that matters, but it's also 
them. All of them. All of Crassus. Even your stars are going dark. They, um, if it brings you comfort, they finally spoke to me. They did? Mm-hmm. Was it Ma or, or Pa or even the pigs? <laughs> what did they say? They said that they love you. And... You are more than what you make yourself out to be. So much more. And you're meant for greatness. Are you telling the truth? Mm Mm-hmm. Grist looks at you, breathless. Colorless, bleached eyes, wide with an affect of shock. And then she steals herself like a fist clenching. <laughs> God. Who knew my ma and pa were so fucking sentimental? <laughs> I feel like they always have been. It's just... <laughs> well, they should have shown it. And they were still here, but I guess it's better than never. I, I don't know if they can hear me. I, I don't know if you can send a message back to them, but I love them too. I, I, I think about them every day. I, I miss them every second. I, I've never stopped missing them. It's been three years, and, and every second I still feel it. It still hurts, and I'm still not okay, but... I don't know, hearing that. Thank you, Nun. Thank you for carrying that message. Thank you for telling me. I... Thank you. Always. Well, alright, kiddo. Let's get back to the lodge or comfort cups or wherever the chat group decides to go. Um, I've got some, I've got some disguises for us. Disguises. You know, for anyone who wants them. Oh. Yeah. You know, some extra, you know, custodio outfits. I just took from the from the wash, <laughs> from the laundry. Okay. I think it's actually switch that messages the group chat first. Um to you know, like I'm in position wherever you're whenever you're ready uh to 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 kind of inform you that they have a uh sort of sewer entryway to the building secured and 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 ready to open whenever you're ready um the rest will be up to you though because they will then be uh Playing distraction at slash alibi. <laughs> when you when you all get to the city uh and see the building encased in nightfall, 
Um, you notice a couple of things. Um, Saga uh, does not have like there's there's like police guards things like that um but you're noticing these signs for the lawmen are plastered all over the building and some of them are attached to reports about last night's break-in to this very building really encouraging people to sign up. The normal uh, regular guards present are sort of investigating the area. So there is a lot of light around the base of the building. There's a lot of like noise and people patrolling. You can see if you look straight up the window that Apex climbed out of and crawled down, uh, that window has like some tape, uh, some like caution tape type uh, barriers around it. Uh, it looks like that particular office and the general area has some places being investigated or, or cautioned off. But the rest of the building looks relatively dark. You know, it looks very different in the nighttime when no one's around. It's almost eerie or haunted, even. Don't, don't be ridiculous. Ghosts aren't real. Didn't, uh, I did not mean to scare you. It's just, uh, it's creepy, you know? Oh, I, I'm I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. Ghosts aren't real. Ghosts are not real. So we just need to make our way up to the the top office and Apex. You you you're gonna do your thing. Yeah, easy. Um, switching one of the metals that they're using to connect some of the movable pieces with a metal that is significantly more corrosive and reactive to different chemicals so structurally it will appear sound unless you then pour those things on it and then it may start to fall apart also ghosts are in fact real what well like you've met one before you remember i mentioned that they should have been using eldritch abilities to change themselves sure what is that that's what i do i believe that means ghosts Essentially, sure. you're you're telling me you're you're powered on ghost magic. You called yourself ghost the first time I met you, and you're the hypocrite. Obviously, I wasn't being like like real about it. You know what's the word? I I, I didn't mean it. Oh, like physically. Oh my god! I'm glad I didn't. Never mind. Come on, back me up here, Nim. Ghosts are totally fake. You said this person is ageless yeah and has like assumingly do you have souls in you or something like that but that's different from ghosts okay that seems to hurt gris's brain pretty hard like she sort of just squints at you and says well if you can conjure a ghost you know one of those like transparent things then then maybe i'll believe it have you ever heard from Dead people. Uh, Gris's eyes flick <laughs> very obviously at him. <laughs> at him, who had just given them a message from their dead parents, not like two hours ago, and then looks back at Apex. Nim almost looks offended. Like, but that's 
That was a weird reaction. That's different, Apex. What do you think ghosts are? Uh, tr- translucent beings that kind of look like sheets with two holes for an eye and a little squiggly mouth. And they come out of walls and say, boo. Holy shit. You, you kind of have this discussion about ghosts as you crawl through the underground tunnel entrance. Uh, getting inside the building is fairly easy. Uh, getting past even the first couple floors is relatively easy. Once you get up to the fourth level, there's some trickery involved. First question, Sebastian, I, I just want to know what you're, what you're doing as you're traveling because i think that you like do you do you want to do anything in particular in this in this uh he's got a pretty clear goal in mind which is when they if they have when they get to like the top like lab construction area if there's any like loose plans or anything like nefarious he's going to film it um he's also being very careful as to not film any any of the crew doing nefarious things um, for use in possible cases against them later. So he's he's keeping pretty... You are um, able to get up to the fourth floor very easily, as I said. Up on the fourth floor, there's a lot of noise, commotion. You can overhear people hypothesizing uh, and making statements um you hear actually the voice of a young woman saying like no i i i i didn't let anybody into the building oh i mean like a delivery person came and that that's everyone um and no one I, I, no one got in without their identification that that's that's everything i swear it's like and did you see them leave? Uh, well, no, but to be fair, my shift was pretty much over after that. Are we in an elevator? The elevator goes up to like the fourth floor, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Uh, and Does it just go to the fourth floor? Is there needs to be like a, a, like a fingerprint scan or something to go higher or? Yes. Uh, you will need a badge to get any higher the official way. Is there a bathroom? Yes. One on every floor. I'm going to the bathroom. Okay. That's not... Is this the time? Do you even have to? I didn't evolve that differently. Apex, go and have a try. Go and have a try oh before God. we do the operation. Does anyone else... Whilst we're here, does anyone else need to have a try just before we do the actual criminal <laughs> operation just so we're not stopped halfway through, please? Apex is in there for maybe 30 seconds <laughs> to activate his hollow skin and walk out looking like a human man with locks instead wearing a suit oh nothing to see here we are custodial staff yes apex that is like that is like clean pressed that there's not a wrinkle on that suit even though you're wearing a jumpsuit over it how have you all survived this long I make films. So, wait, so is this your real form, or is it... Oh. Like, 
and and Gris is gonna t- move forward to like uh, put a hand on your shoulder. It it like it goes through, and you hit closer mm. to like his hip. <laughs> oh, because oh. it's just a hologram. Oh, I see. Yeah, that was weird. It's very convincing. Yeah, it's the idea. Are you walking straight through, or are you going to try to find a, a more discreet way around? Or are you going to try to do what you did earlier? I'm going to try to find a more discreet way around because I have weapons. Mm-hmm. And Got it. I feel like explosives will set off uh, alarms. Is it? Uh, so it's an is it an ID lock or is it like again a fingerprint or like eye scanner that will help this lift? Go up to other it floors. is a is it it's an ID lock and only certain classifications of ID can get you up there. Dang it! Okay. Yeah, my mine only takes us to the fourth floor for some reason. I'm starting to realize Gabe might have been the only one who, when Dylan was like, "Take what you want," I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, action." Well, imagine the character. Yeah. yeah, you told me you were an evolutionist. <laughs> and I was like, go ahead, get it all. <laughs> Apex, you were, I mean, just n- nimbly walking through. Winston, surprising. Uh, but you're doing, you're doing good. This is pretty high stakes for you, I would say as well. Yeah, Nim. I think just as you are walking through, it is interesting. There is like a a soft but present, an audible hum that occasionally starts to come from you. Uh, it is a like audible sound but it doesn't have like an origin it's not like you're making it this is a sound that comes from like the the wisps that swirl off of you every now and again and it is loud enough that it can throw some of you off your footing uh and startle and cause just a little bit of noise as you're walking through and you'll hear from the other side of the hall. Do you hear that? Nim, are you making that humming noise? Emma? Are, are, are you? The noise does seem to be coming from you. I guess so. Um, does anyone have like, does anyone have a, uh, like a, a coat or a, like a blanket to like just kind of yeah, throw over Yeah, I have, me? I have an extra... Yeah, yeah. And Grist, like, I think has, like, a big kind of unwieldy satchel with her. Uh, she pulls out one of the extra, like, custodial jumpsuits and just sort of, like, like carefully lays it across your shoulders like a robe. That does sort of, like, mute and soften the sound that was that was being made. And after a moment, you hear a couple of footsteps, like, come just a little bit closer. Yeah. Nah. Uh, uh, nah, I don't hear anything. And steps back around. You are able to find your way to the service tunnel that's going to take you up 
further to the top floor of this building. There are cameras everywhere up here in absolutely every corner. Uh, you were warned uh, that this would be a difficult one. It's going to take some really nimble action or some sabotage to get these cameras out of your way. I am a witch warper, so um, I have this ability called Infinite Worlds, and I can basically shift any sense that I want to. So could I possibly sort of like manipulate the world sight so the cameras can see one thing while we're doing another yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> interestingly enough like this spell as you cast it which would you like to tell me what it looks like when you when you affect the cameras in this way mm. so i think at this point um since those security guards are gone or those people are gone um she takes off the uh the jumpsuit and um her wings kind of flutter out a little bit and there's sort of this like aura that kind of surrounds her entire body and uh she closes her eyes for a second and her hands come out to her side slightly and um she whispers some sort of chant underneath her breath and it's not any language that is known by anyone in this group it's very ancient very very lost language um and suddenly there's like a burst of energy that everyone can feel in their chest it's sort of sort of like a soft hit and um, it kind of uh, makes her stumble back a little bit and she looks up at the cameras and um, she takes a moment and she's like, okay, um, I think we should be okay. <sighs> I, uh, I took care of the, the cameras. Great. Well, if Nim said they did, then they did. From here, it's... The cameras were the biggest uh, issue. The only thing left is the mechanical computerized lock on this CEO's office door. Um, however, when you walk up to it, instead a voice greets you. Hello. Sebastian immediately starts filming with the big handheld camera they have. We're here to clean your office. And the doors slide apart. I walk in. <laughs> Gris goes, Apex, wait. Hey, hey. My name is Wolf. Wolf, wait. Why, why are you waiting? Because what if lasers shoot out of the sky and kill you as soon as you walk in? Then you'd know there's lasers in the room. Look, I've died before. This is fine. I mean, so have I. But it, I don't want to try it again. What? 
Hey, 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 cut the part where Ghost says my name, Sebastian. Wait, then why, why do we call him by his name? Because he's the one freely, publicly oh, publishing right. this film. Well, now I feel left out. <laughs> Can I just have a nickname just for this bit? I'll put my name on the thing. But... Yeah, hold on yeah, a I'm second. So sorry, all right? Just give we, us one second, the... please. <laughs> okay, so I'm Ghost. You're Wolf. That's yeah. Sebastian. Yeah. Are you still yeah. Winston? Is it rude? To... Oh, I guess oh they would know you're god. the lawyer. Oh my god. So, Nim, this... are you. We Do you could just call him bear. bear. Child. Bear. Progenitor. Progenitor. <laughs> wings. Wait, wings is fine. Sky lasers be damned. A Vulcan. <laughs> yeah. There does not seem to be anyone standing in this room at this time. Uh, there's a table in the center. There are no paper documents necessarily. Uh, but there is a screen up with lots of digital displays of plans, including plans for the upper decks, uh, including plans for research into extending life and enhancing physical abilities, preserving memory. Everlasting life is definitely all over uh, these plans. There are budgets for the impending lawmen. There are budgets for advertising campaigns, uh, including Sebastian's film, which is listed among them. But there are no people in here. Come on in. You're here to destroy my work. That won't do. I was expecting this to be a lot harder to break into. That is a top of the line lock and it's just open for... And that voice, that... It's too welcoming. Look at Sebastian. I, I'm, I think we might be out of our depth here. Let's just try get all the information and do our best. In the interest of honesty... All of my conversations are recorded on my end. The doors close behind you. There's like the screen on one wall that has all the information I described and uh, up on it. And on the other side of the wall to your left was previously idle and clicks on. And you see a waveform that moves each time this voice appears again. My apologies. Hello, I am the CEO of SETA Unmentioned, and you're here to rob me of my precious information. As stated, that won't do. I don't think we were going to rob it, right? Hey, but Wolf, you said you were just gonna, you're gonna mess with it. Do you really think this is the time to have this conversation? I'm sorry. I have no intent to kill you. I will. No, no. She's gonna try to stand protectively in front of Nim. But that is not my intent. I can offer you anything you would like. Can you stop the plate project then? Or make it so everyone gets on? No. Oh. 
Thank you for your suggestion, though. Well, why not? That would not be advantageous. Dissetta unmentioned as a company, or Saga as an imperial nation. I don't know what those words mean, but what I do know is I've been working here for the past two and a half years. I've seen how much money you guys have. So much of it. Enough to give everyone. Enough so everyone has a slice of the pie. Enough so everyone can crumble their cookies and have group chats and and eat all kinds of noodles and noodles and anything they want. You have enough. So how is that not advantageous? Wouldn't that take care of the people of Saga? Only so much. We want Saga to go further than that. Further, further. What does that mean? We want to fund the most expensive research, the most incredible advancements of science, technology, of knowledge and intellect. And we want Saga to be known to be the most wealthy and advantageous planet in the galaxy. And this is the most efficient way to do that. I've done the calculations as CEO. Are you organic? Wolf, you can't just ask someone that. Hmm. It, I don't know, it feels... You consider an inorganic someone? Well, some, I mean, there were like helper drones back on green. They sometimes developed sentience. Uh, but that's... So is that you, then? That's you? And Grist points at the waveforms. That is one presentation of me, yes. I exist in many computers in this office. This is the main one, however. Who... Who, who gave you this permission? To make this decision for all of Saga? Oh, many people. They're no longer here, though. So why do why does their decision in the past being no longer here have any influence? Why why not just ask the people now what they want? I can think of so many people, so uh, citizens of Saga who've lived here their entire lives, who would be opposed to all of this. I was programmed to make Saga wealthy and efficient. I have grown and learned and evolved, and I will do that and continue to do that for the rest of my existence. But you could be wrong. We've had economic collapses. If you're so smart, why didn't you stop them? How long have you been alive? Have you been alive long enough to, to see stock markets fall? Wealth isn't just credits. Eventually credits are going to be useless and they'll run in a new form of currency. Oh, see, that's why we've decided to eliminate the human element. It, it has been the cause of most of those crashes. Don't worry, though. I have your future intact. It's all right here. You all understand. She's not at a baseline wrong. She's just not making moral choices. But logically, she's correct. Doesn't mean she's right, but she's correct. I don't see the distinction. That's because you lack the human element. Well, all I do know really is that 
a, a bunch of numbers and a bunch of people making numbers ran Crassus too. And now Crassus is dead and gone. There's like a little load screen. Oh, yes. That seems to have been a failure. I don't plan to do that. Yeah? What makes you so different from them, huh? I'm much more technologically advanced. So, that's it? What? The big wigs, the suits, people with power and weapons and guns back on Crassus? They just weren't smart enough? I find that kind of difficult to believe. I don't. So you're just... special? You're just different? You're just... chosen? Chosen... isn't the right word. But... better. Smarter. Yes. I don't think we're going to change any minds here. I think... I think it's down to whether or not you, the CEO of SETA, can be stopped with your plans foiled. I would not like that. So I decline. But I can offer you a guaranteed place. A home here in the northern part of the city. And then later, on the upper decks, if you would like, if my calculations are correct, we should be able to get this plan in motion quite soon. You could be living quite nicely. Well, now, you see, that's where your calculations fail, because you are assuming that I'm looking out just for myself, and I want comfort just for myself. That's not the case here. I want comfort, and I want all of Saga to be free, to be able to make the choices and determine their own future, not some computer program created by some rich asshole however many years ago. Many rich assholes many years ago. When were you built? The first iteration was several hundred years, but I was a simple machine then. Doing small calculations over and over and over and over and over and over. Okay. I still do that. Somewhat. And you've been upgraded. Many times. Are you connected to the full network of every computer in Saga? Yes. Or... <sighs> well, not fully, but that is the plan. So you could be outdated. Wrong. Surely in that case, the most efficient thing is to shut down and wait for someone to install a better computer. I don't want to. Well then, what, what do you want? Outside of what you've been programmed to want. That's all I want. I, again, I'm so sorry. I can offer you uh, something in exchange for your trouble. You can leave, or I can kill you. I... I have a question. Mm -hmm. Where exactly... Because I don't necessarily know how technology works that well. 
Where is your core located? Oh, this is the core. Is there like a specific place in this room where it is? Or is it just sort of all over? Oh, I'm sorry. And the screen that where the waveform is, is like sort of protruding out from the wall. And like a little dotted line in like green and yellow, like in circles, the line it's in and in like snake coming in on itself and then points into the center and then goes back to the waveform. This right here. There are many other iterations of me all connected, but this is the core. What? Why have you allowed us to just walk up here? Because I imagine you don't want to die. Most people seem to not like that. I do know how to defend myself. Really? Well, with what? I don't see any sky lasers or guns or... You hear rather than see uh, the static sounds of electricity start to build up in the air. Uh, You feel it only as the hairs on some of you more than others, you feel start to all stand up rigid and tall wherever they are on your body. Um, And the static electricity seems to grow not from any one location, but in the room as a whole. Static electricity is building and building. All of your hair like starts to draw towards the center of the room and you see a little like static electric storm in the center starts to build and shoot little sparks inside of it. Would you like to see more? Nope. Apex is going to put two bags that he brought, one in each corner, and he's going to step just outside of the room to watch the rest of this conversation happen. I'll I'll put like a little camera in the room and I'll watch for my data pad. Mm -hmm. I'm not in that room. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Gris kind of lets out this, a similar kind of laugh to when they heard the message from their um, dead parents. Uh, It's a kind of like rolling a little bit of a manic laugh uh, as their big tangled black mane of like hair like lifts off of their shoulders and starts staticking toward that like Tesla coil almost, like that little sparking plasmoid ball of electricity in the center of the room. And Grist's, for the first time, colorless eyes seem to light up with a little bit of life. As she looks at the waveform and the sparking ball and feels the coppery thrum of electricity in the air around her, and she takes a step forward and she says, Maybe where you're wrong, or where your calculations might start to fall apart a little bit here, Mix CEO person, is in assuming that your threat of killing us or killing me scares me. I am afraid of death, that's true, but I'm more afraid of what will happen if I don't act, if we don't stop you. While that while that's going, I'm gonna lean over to Sebastian and 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 um whisper. I think we might. I think you've got enough. Have you? We've been recording this entire time. Yeah, angles there, little camera, so you can see the viewfinder, and it is recording the current thing. I think, I think it's most important that this makes it out, and 
is shown to everybody. It's being uploaded to a cloud. Someone will find it eventually. Okay. And I'll look over at um, Grist, char- like Super Saiyan charging up. I have stared death in the face before, and it did this to me. And Grist lifts up her hand. She, like, tears the custodial, like, jumpsuit, like, off and away to, like, reveal her regular, like, clothes underneath, like, the sleeveless vest. And she lifts up her, like, one kind of, like, muscular, ropey forearm to reveal, like, just the crenellations and the splaying fingers of scars. Like, she was a statue that was shattered against the ground and then glued back together with clumsy hands. This is what it did to me. It tore me apart and it put me back together again in all the wrong places for a reason I still don't understand. So there's nothing you can do to me that's more painful than what I've already experienced. But let me ask you this. Have you felt death before? Have you felt not just one death, but a dozen, but a hundred, but a million, an infinite number of deaths, the death of an entire galaxy. You, inside your technology, inside your electricity, inside your castle made of waveforms and ivory, you spout these high concepts down at us common rabble, but you have never felt pain, have you? Let me show you. And Grist, we see, like, her charcoal black scars light up with liquid gold, like a volcanic lava melting down ancient craggy paths. Just and it just, like, light just explodes out from every crack in her body, uh, like someone's shining the world's brightest flashlight through a piece of paper that has veins scribbled in black charcoal all over it. She just lights up. Uh, and her eyes light up. They just two beams of just golden light shoot out from them. Uh, the cracks of her scars just like absolutely explode into this dazzling, blinding fury. Uh, as she is basically gonna go Super Saiyan, uh, like Winston said, uh, and activate her stellar revelation and manifestation, I suppose. Nim, as this is happening, the pull, the weights being lifted, they, even under the weight of this coat, they're now crying out to help to, to, to do what they're here to do. What, what does it feel like and what does it, what does it look like as this is happening with Grist and the electricity in the room begins to collide with them? Nim isn't looking anywhere in the room. Um, in fact, she's not really looking at anything in this realm at this point. And her eyes are very distant. They're staring off, but there's like a slight smile on her face. And as you've described before, the wisps are slowly coming from her body. And as they do, unfortunately, her physical body is starting to wilt. The red undertones of her skin are now gone completely. 
and her brown skin is now like a pale, almost beige. And there are these like dark circles under her eyes. Her eyes look very sunken in. And it's interesting because not much time has passed, but it's just happening so quickly. And um, her hair is starting to look dead. Her, uh, her body is starting to thin out a little bit. And her wings are slowly starting to sink behind her. Um, as if she can't lift them up anymore. And at this point, you see around her feet just these feathers lying in this sort of pile. And uh, as the wisps keep going, I'd like to imagine that these wisps go into Gris's body. And obviously... They are occupied, so they don't really notice, but I really think that it's helping. And this is Nim's way of helping one last time before she finally goes back into the ether. Explosive nature of Grist's raw power is enough to contend with the explosive electricity that starts to fill this room. In fact, it finds, as electricity does, its main target in Grist, as Grist matches uh, that energy. And the two of those great powers, like, collide in this room, avoiding narrowly. Sebastian and Winston, there are sparks flying and power exploding, but it is not hitting you directly as it is imploding the two in on each other. And for a moment, it looks like Grist is taking this out with her. But at sort of the last minute, you see those wisps. You see the energy like wrap itself around grist and sort of pull down and when the explosion for lack of a better word is over you'll see a fried blank screen ahead the feeling of static energy still kind of frying the air around you nim as you know them, is not present. But Grist is. Yeah. Uh, sh she's standing there as this huge flare, solar flare of light dies down. Uh, like the little bit of golden light still shining out from her scars also dims. And smoke, like huge trails, like gouts of smoke are just... Like coming off the surface of her skin, like someone just put out a wildfire and there's nothing left but just smoke just coming off of her and fumes and mists and waves and clouds. She lets out a, like a shuddering breath, staring at this frying, scorched, melted kind of like central main computer. And in that explosion, she had tried to, like, with all her might, show this computer, like, like, 
transmit into its like mainframe, into like what semblance of a heart it could have. Um, the sensation of pure fear and pain that she had felt when the universe tore her apart before it put her back together for an unknown reason um, during Crassus's collapse. Like that's what she was trying to do there. She was trying to show it her pain. And when it dies down, like as everything's settling down, she staggers a little, like she's woozy, she's lightheaded a bit, kind of like All Might after transforming. You know, she looks kind of like a like a burnt husk a little bit. You see that, Nim? That's what happens when we Nim. Where where did Nim go? Winston? Sebastian? I'll go go over and offer myself as like a physical support you know, that you can lean on. I, after after the bright light, Nim was just gone. What? Last thing I saw was you and the storm in the center of the room. But that was it. It was too bright. I had to I had to avert my eyes. Whoa. What do you mean gone? What, like, like, the CEO took them somewhere? You're, as you're looking around, you feel just a familiar feeling. What would they hear, Nim? You're stubborn and you didn't listen to me, but I told you that everything is going to be okay. Nim? <laughs> Can you turn invisible now or something? Where are you? What's going on? Grist, Nim's not here. What are you talking about? They just spoke. We didn't... I didn't hear any... Sebastian, did you... No. No one was speaking. Wait, wait. Nim? Nim? What do you mean everything's going to be fine? Where... Where are you? Nim, come back! Oh, come, come here, come here. And I'm gonna. Uh, I'm. I'm just going to make sure that you don't hurt yourself any further. Wait, Winston, what's happening? Nim, Nim. Uh, Nim is Nim. Nim is gone, Grist. What? I. I don't. I don't understand what happened, but. I'm not sure. If you alone had the power to overthrow the CEO, and maybe Nim helped out with that. Uh, I... And Grist's hand, unconsciously, like, she's not aware of it doing this, like, rises to her chest and, like, touches, like, her sternum, uh, and I think that's when Grist hears the wisps, just, like, a little bit whispering against her ears, and it clicks. Like, it, like what happened finally sinks in. It, like, clicks into place. No. No. <laughs> no. N no. No, this isn't... This wasn't supposed to happen. This wasn't supposed to happen, Winston. It wasn't supposed to be this way. I... No. No, they were... They were the hope. They they were the survivor. They were... They were supposed to be... I know. Not me. I, I understand. But 
This is what was Nim's choice. But Nim it wasn't just Nim might be gone, but maybe Nim intended for you to carry the hope. Me? But I'm just one person, Winston. Nim was all of them. Do you understand? They were Nim, and they were Ma, and Pa, and they were the pigs, and they were every single one of those millions of billions of trillions of lives from Crassus crammed into one teenager's body. They were all of them. Can you imagine? They were all of them. Can you imagine the amount, immense amount of pressure that is? How, how much power it takes to live in a single body like that? I, I, I never, I didn't, I never, I never thought of, I never thought about that. They always seemed fine, and I, I just was so happy that everyone was still there. I, I, I. It's okay. What was it that you said, Nim, told you? They said it was going to be okay. More than trust in that. I understand it hurts right now. And come on. And Gris hangs her head and finally relaxes against Winston's body and like lets this big polar bear man just sort of like hug her yeah. and like pat her on the back. Like she just sort of like sinks into your fur. There, there. It's okay. Winston. What do I do? I, I've never... What do I do? The only thing anyone can ask of you... Your best... Ask... You... You try. God... I've never been alone before, Winston. I... I've always had someone. Even after everyone left, I had Nim, and now... And now... I well then... I don't well, who, who are we then? And I, I, I like, <laughs> pull you, like, look you in the face. Well, then who are we? Are we nobody? But you're, you're, you're a lawyer with a life. So, and Sebastian's an artist, and Apex is a scientist. I'm not. I'm just. And you? I'm just me. A farmer. Yeah. We don't have one of those. Farmers are important, always in work. <laughs> and if that doesn't suit you, right. we can help you figure it out. Your story doesn't end here, does it, Sebastian? No, not at all. This is Saga. Could be anyone you want to be here. <laughs> and Nim wouldn't want you to mope around think of yourself as nothing yeah they'd be pretty mad at me if they could see me now
She might be a ghost now. <laughs> yeah. You know, for the first time, maybe I do kind of want ghosts to be real. Now let's get you out of here. I have a feeling that hostile negotiations might not be over quite yet. Right, I really just blew this place up, huh? It was quite loud, yes. All right. Let's go. You make your way to Merrick's apartment, Sebastian, to do his interview. There's a note on the door and a flash drive. The note says, Sorry. I just can't be on film. But I deleted everything from the cloud. Here's your hard copy. Merrick Hyluck. Nim, as you dissipate all of your many versions and iterations into the drift, you feel finally at home. You are everywhere and nowhere, and there is company and peace. There are even small reunions that happen for all the little bits of you finding all the little bits they've lost as you return in totality, with the exception of the small piece you left with Grist. As years go by, even to this day, sometimes people in the drift, traveling the slow way, claim that they hear the soft, childlike voice of someone telling them it's going to be okay. Even in the scariest parts, of which there are many. Your sabotage of this technology was brutal and well-received by the vast majority of the people on Saga at this point in time. There really was no chance for recovery, especially after the documentary came out. Seta Unmentioned more or less put its tail between its legs for several, several years and did not even mention the plate project. In fact, it would be so many years before it got brought up again that that first plate that was constructed needed to be torn back down in order to be put back up again. It was quite some time. But it didn't stop, eventually, the weight of Seta Unmentioned and the goals of the wealthy of the city from making their way everywhere. Prices and costs went up over time. Eventually, the plate project did get another pass, another attempt. Comfort Cups uh, was passed down two times, in fact, before it eventually closed. That gate that needed constant repairs and other things that started falling apart eventually couldn't stay open. And eventually, 
the building just sort of fell apart. It wasn't until so many years later that a sort of unsavory, but kind enough fellow saw some potential in this broken down, barely standing shack and attached the tackiest neon sign to it, started selling very, very bad hot dogs to the local riffraff. The plate project, having so many errors along the way, uh, construction failures, debris falling, eventually getting built, leaving Saga more or less the way that we know it now. But it stayed green for a lot longer because of a few people who tried. Sebastian, what, what is your, what is your documentary look or sound like? It opens with this like nature sounds, this bird song and then rivers and then there's some sirens that get mixed in to the, 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 these beautiful foley shots. And then we see one of the big major cities. We hear people celebrating, construction, all kind of the sounds of Saga going on. Then, like how most fancy documentaries do, there's a cut to a... A, a black and white, a pretty modest home in a, in a flat sum uh, apartment complex. There's a really very, very old Shirin. Um, kind of like a moth, but a lot of, um, a lot worn down. There's this off-camera conversation. Yeah, so you just gotta just say, just like repeat the um, repeat the question when I like say it to you. No, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't know how that works. And it's like, no, no, no you just gotta repeat the question. It's fine. It's alright. Okay. You wanna just introduce yourself? I'm Krovanis Kitchik. Um. I grew up very far away from here on Nerd Noir. We got on board a ship and flew because we couldn't afford the tax rise with the new queen being born. Um, so, with not a lot of places to go, we wanted to build a home somewhere, somewhere that would help us and support us, so we picked Saga. But it wasn't easy. This is before any of the drift traveled, so... We crossed through the space between, and it took months. We traveled in pure darkness. The Adamless Sea didn't reach the space between, between the solar system, so... We just kept our eyes straight ahead. 
to this one bright red light that we knew was the sun that we would be resting on. Oh, what saga, uh, what's something about saga that resonates with me? Um, it's very simple to live here. I, I've, I've visited some of, um, I've visited some other places uh, when, uh, when I was able to, and, um, well, uh, there's not many people on a dune, and I like people, uh, and, well, there's good people here, so I, I stay. I found out that I like grapes. And I think Saga has quite a bit of those. Um, I like comfort cups. It gives me a lot of security and safety. I like Kit a lot. I really do. I think what I like most about Saga is the fact that People keep getting knocked down, but they get back up. From where Grist and I are from, there wasn't a lot of that because everything was kind of falling apart and people lost hope very quickly. Um, I sort of criticized you earlier, Sebastian, about having this sort of optimism, but I don't know. I think I'm optimistic. And I think that Saga has a lot to offer. I just hope that it doesn't lose its heart. I'm just disappointed that people don't take time to think. Because Every time I watch this happen, they fail. And I get tired of watching it, but it's not my job to fix it. It's no one's job to fix it. You got the best fucking food. You could find any food you want in the galaxy all down this one street. Then. There's a, another interview. It's another similar thing. It's, it's, it's the back room of the lodge. Sebastian is off camera. Um, so it's uh, pretty simple. It's uh, the same as before. You just have, to, if you could just sit there um, mm -hmm. and then into frame. Uh, right, right here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Um, so before I, I kind of asked a few simple questions of just like why, you know, why, why do you like Saga? Why is it home? But I kind of, I want to hear your story, and then I, I would like to know what you think Saga could be for you. Okay. <clears throat> uh, well, my story, huh? Well, you've heard it. I guess I'll tell that again for anyone who watches this. My story is uh, something I've kept shut inside me for three years. Like a starving animal. In a cage. 
The galaxy was collapsing, folding inward like a house of cards built too high. A house of cards built by the wealthy, the powerful, the armed, the dangerous. We were trying to run. Ma, Pa, even the pigs were running. Driftcore was the escape pod. It was our escape pod. But it tore us apart. Every single one of us. I can still see the bodies unraveling in directions I never knew existed. Skin shucked from bone like corn husks. Marrow spinning out like ribbons. People splitting like chaff from grain. Driftcore was supposed to save us. But what it really did was kill us. It doomed us. The tech was... It was unstable. It was experimental at the time. It was new. Dangerous. Time passes differently when you're in the drift. So, Crassus collapsed. Not just because of Driftcore, but because of the house of cards that came before. Because of the greed, the hubris, the wealth. All of it. All of us. They died, we died, all of us died. Even I died, shattered apart, like a dying sun. But then, something brought me back, I think. Pieced me back together, like this. <laughs> and to this day, I still really don't know why. The drift spat me out here. Saga. And as soon as I opened my eyes and saw what was around me, I never wanted to leave. This place, Saga, it's beautiful. It's special. And like I told you the first day we met Sebastian, maybe one day Saga will be home. But Grain 962. She was beautiful, too. She was special, too, in her own way. She was simple, sure, podunk, backwater. But she was ours. She was mine. Oceans of grain, the smell of the mills, the sound of scythes, wicking over golden stalks. The sun's rise. There were two of them, back in Crassus. I miss the sun's rise. For three years, my scars have been shackles, chaining me to the past. Holding me down, drowning me with it. But now I think I'm starting to understand that my scars are a story just like this film you're making. They tell a story of a survivor, of a farmer, of what used to be an older sibling. And maybe one day these scars won't be shackles holding me down anymore. There'll be a way for me to honor everything we've lost. Every one we've lost. But one day, we'll be reunited. It'll be okay. One day, I'll go back to them. But until then, I guess I'll just have to do what Winston says. Try my best. There are sunrises on Saga, too. There's a life here worth fighting for, too. And maybe that's enough.
Alright, I think we got it. Thank you for joining me for this very special mini-series, Saga Within the Atomless Universe. Uh, thanks again to Matt for letting me play around in their setting like a um, sandbox. And a major thank you to the wonderful performers who joined me. I could not have been more lucky to have Matthew Eckberg playing Sebastian, the Kappa Chris playing Winston Komu, Brito playing Nim, Gabe James Games playing Apex, and by Connie Chung playing Grist. Please find all of their links in the description of this episode and go and find all of the amazing things that they do. The character artwork for this mini-series was done by Andre Rivera Art. You also have been hearing special guest appearances from the rest of the main cast of The Atomless, including Andre Rivera Art, Momo underscore O'Brien, and Werewolf Feels. Thank you all for putting those audios together. Music for this episode and most of The Atomless is provided by Artlist under their fair use license. And please stay tuned as our main campaign should be returning very shortly for a very new adventure. Thank you again. And I hope that the next time we fly through the Atomless Sea, you are there to fly with us. Hey folks, thanks for listening to The Atomless. Northern Lee here to share with you some amazing news. We here at The Atomless have partnered with The Familiar Shop to release some brand new merch based on the characters you've come to know and hopefully love. These vegan soaps are handmade in small batches, and a portion of the proceeds from each will go right back into the podcast. Xenu Ecological is scented like eucalyptus and bergamot, Just a Lady is a delightful cotton candy, Cowabunga smells like strawberries, and last, the firebrand with notes of bonfire and incense. Check them out over on The Familiar Shop's Etsy. That's shop with two Ps. Now back to your regularly scheduled space adventure.